0: Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2023. My name is Amato, he, him, and with me are...
1: Dory, they, them. And Della, she, her.
0: And we're trying to do a very old school retro thing for this podcast, which is actually do something thematic for a holiday. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah, I just appreciate y'all really um, took to my suggestion of talking about shipping, which kind of surprised me because like, I don't think... You all know much as about boats as I do. But like i'm I'm happy to share a whole bunch of information. For example, did you know that's called um starboard because it was the steerboard, so it was the right hand of the ship? I did
0: not know uh, that, but I definitely was substituting for a class at one point where I learned about the vital importance of shipping container technology mm-hmm. and just like the standardized shipping container size and how important that is in, like, you know, world commerce and trade
1: right. Fascinating. So I appreciate
2: you, you both coming together to talk with me about shipping as opposed to fan fiction. Well, any time,
0: Della. But we did just exhaust my knowledge, so that's a wrap, everybody. This has been an episode of Retro Fanfic <laughs> Retrospective.
1: <laughs> Talked about shipping. Well, I thought we were going to talk about shipping, as in like global trade, but yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, or or you know, stories or the intersection in between. For example, when they were writing fan fiction of the uh, ship that was stuck in the Suez Canal.
1: <laughs> oh, geez.
2: That actually is a really good intersection there. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. But was there shipping on the ship?
0: Like,
2: like did did they ship the ship in the Suez the Canal with someone? someone? I think they ship or ship the ship with the Suez the Canal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure you're sense. right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, on, on a vaguely related note, uh, you know the show Love Boat? Uh, wait, vaguely isn't that an old old show? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. they're, they're re- re- rebooting it now. It doesn't matter. Of course they are. So
1: if he's from 70s, right?
2: So if he shipped the boat from Love Boat. With the Ever that the the boat that was stuck in the Suez Canal, would that ship name be just Love Boats? <laughs>
0: I mean, if you don't call it ship shipping.
1: Yeah. <laughs> These are the important <laughs> questions we're here to answer today.
0: <laughs> right. Well, you know, my, my favorite ship name for a terrible ship is still shipping Jesse and James from Pokemon, which is called Rocket Shipping, <laughs> which is a it's really just, good name. That's a good or
1: name for a ship. For a
0: terrible rocket ship.
1: Rocket Ship? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean... Sure,
0: to rocket ship
1: oh oh i see as a verb it is rocket shipping all right exactly but like as a noun it's rocket ship
0: yes like, one one rocket ships right rocket yeah. shipped rocket okay well i was just thinking because... shad. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that one uh anyway clearly we have very important things to talk about about shipping here
2: yeah this is what happens when we're off what little leash we have <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> in the first place (laughs) well look i i can get us
0: started here Mm -hmm. because you know like a normal episode where we're talking about a fanfic uh, my first question would probably be you two what's your background with shipping fictional characters Hmm. have you ever like yeah have you ever like been kind of a dedicated shipper engaged in some fan base or like specifically seeking out you know content of a certain ship or anything like that
2: as like a fan of some things i've been like Kind of like an anti shipper, <laughs> I've been like against some, some ships. I was in the um Avatar, The Last Airbender fandom for a long time, and there's a very strong um, I forgot what it's called uh, Katara and Zuko, yeah, Zutara, Zutara, right? yeah. Zutara, yeah, yeah, Zutara, and my least I was favorite. I, I was, I don't think I participated, but I, I was very anti that.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, we talked about that on one of our episodes, how we were just, yeah, hate that ship, but um. I also have ships that I'm aware of that I hate, but I I also (laughs) feel like I can, I'm kind of a, I was maybe more into it when I was younger. I'm kind of a casual shipper now and like very, very casual in the sense that like I don't go on forums or look for fan art or do any of that stuff that I probably did when I was like a teenager. Mm-hmm. I just, if I see two characters in a show and I think they have chemistry, I just go, now kiss. <laughs> and I just look at the television and say, now kiss. That's how I do shipping. <laughs> but you know, you, you always sort of secretly hope that certain characters end up yeah. together. And sometimes that's because the media wants you to and sometimes like it doesn't. And I think in particular shipping and queerness are very tied together because it used to be that we wouldn't see those queer relationships and i think we still have some anxiety around even a relationship that they're showing on screen and hinting is going to be queer i still get anxious like they're not gonna do it they're not gonna do it they're not gonna do it and usually now lately in a lot of the shows i like they do yeah so but thank god for that i
2: still get anxious during the, the willow show
1: <laughs> i was about to, i was literally just thinking of willow because there's like a pentagon of potential romance in that. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's like all the young characters are potentially together. Even though, though
2: like yeah. like the two girls kiss in the first episode I'm still like anxious they're going to pull it away somehow.
1: <laughs> well yeah. But they also brought in a lot more like uh, romance between yes yeah, so many mm-hmm. you know what we don't, we're not here to talk about Willow we can talk about that later. <laughs> we're not not here to talk about Willow. <laughs> yeah I know but I don't want to give spoilers to anyone who hasn't seen all of it yet. So. And like
2: it's been a little bit odd for me, like, just for the past 30 years thinking about shipping, because, like, I would have characters I I liked, and so, like, I'd want them to, like, be in the romantic relationship that's the highlight of the show, but that would always be a um, heteronormative relationship, so it's always, like, a weird mixed feeling. Like, yay, why is it boring now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what, that's actually interesting because why is it boring now is a really funny (laughs) one um in terms of like okay like the princess bride you know you just really want them to get together but then Mm. imagine a princess bride sequel in which they're just like hanging out at home like everything's hunky-dory now (laughs) um my point is is that nobody this is a common thing of course like people don't really want to see the 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 happily ever after they want to see what happens before the happily ever after but there's also been some good stuff where the couple gets together and then they're like a kick-ass fighting duo Mm -hmm. um but then they usually bring in tertiary characters to provide some of that romantic tension again it's
2: odd because like the ships i have had are not fringe at all they eventually like just become canon canon well well like uh uh, Princess bubblegum and marceline like that's Mm -hmm. So canon, they have their own special. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not sure if I can call like support of that shipping at all. That's just like defranchise.
0: <laughs> I was gonna ask that, yeah, because you two are talking about like the fulfillment or non fulfillment of will they won't they kind of relationships on like you know normal ass TV, and like I'm not immune to the draw of that either, like. I, I had to really search my mind to think of any kind of ship romantic thing that I actually cared about. Like I think I'm really, really shipping neutral. But I was like eventually like, okay, how about like Jim and Pam in American The Office? Where like they're they're doing a whole lot of work to make you like these characters and want yeah. them to get together yeah. and like have there be issues and have there be personal growth and all that kind of thing. Yeah. I was drawn into that. Yeah. I still wouldn't have I wouldn't have written in a letter or like, you know, gone online to look for fanfiction if they'd ended up not together. But like it was very effective.
2: It would have been unsatisfying. It
0: it yeah. might have been unsatisfying. And that's about as strongly as I feel about anything. But right, if you're if you want Jim and Pam to get together, is that shipping? I mean, that's just you're watching the show, like, and responding to the show exactly as they're trying to get you to respond to the show.
1: I think that it has to be in the sense that like <clears throat> I was having the same thought though, there, Matt. I was like, <laughs> but in a sense, it has to be because, like, I'm going to bring it back to the queer relationships. Mm-hmm. Shows might have wanted you to have the sense of older shows, well, even some newer ones, but it's not even that recent that it was acceptable to see gay people kiss on screen. So, but you're, you're talking about queer baiting and such, right? Where, like, yeah. And what I'm talking about there is that the creators might have wanted you to think those characters to be together, but mm-hmm. the network would never allow those characters to be together. Um, okay. This is not an
0: anxiety I had watching the office, though. no,
1: no, like, <laughs> of course not. but I guess my point is is that if those what well, you know, we can walk it back and you say, how do you define a ship? Right. I think most people would define, you know people who canonly get together still as a ship. Like they're yeah. still in a fandom. like there's people on the internet like i ship jim and pam like I, okay and that's like their thing yeah, and i
0: tend to agree with you that all it really takes is for someone to be a fan of that pairing <laughs> what no matter how canon or non-canon it is no matter how completely insane or like totally well thought out it is it's just like if you're like oh i like these two characters together that is shipping
2: yeah, right i, I think because if you're look, thinking about like tags on fan fiction it's non-canon ship or canon ship are like that's true common yeah. tags right. see. so like Canon ship is shipping. It's just not exciting. (laughs)
1: So so do we think that like in a way, all it has to be to be a ship is like somebody is in the same way someone would be, I guess Delhi kind of just said this, but in the same way that someone is a fan of media, they're Mm -hmm. really into it. They want to know everything about it. They want to write about it. They want to read about it. They want to see it depicted. Yeah. They just have to be a fan of that couple.
2: It has to be a relationship. And a shipper is just someone who actively pursues that relationship.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, we don't normally talk about people being fans of certain components or concepts from a setting or, you know, such beyond the level of characters or ships, right? Mm -hmm. And that's just because we are people who are focused on people. And a lot of us are extremely relationship you know, focused thinking about thinking about our relationships with other people and or being driven by our insane hormones or whatever. So like it makes sense that like those are concepts we have, but there's no reason we couldn't have like other terms for being fans of specific elements from a show it's like there could be a term for like people really liking the magic system of something like there's no reason why not yeah it's just that's not well, enough of a thing culturally for us to discuss it as a separate entity there's right? also people
2: that are a fan of tropes in general that is true yeah there's yeah there's people that are like oh i don't read anything with a found family trope right you're and right i've seen like tiktoks like burning people it's like if you like found family trope how's your therapy bills you know?
1: <laughs> i mean okay abstractly this is absolutely true and and maybe there should be more categories maybe there are ones that we're not aware of because it's more niche but like love stories are as old as time right y'all right. Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that is just a thing uh maybe not old as time i wouldn't know but as old as the written word well that, I, I, I can our confirm. record of the written word. Sorry,
0: i can confirm as old as time i know <laughs> i know you don't have firsthand experience so i'll just i'll just confirm for you
1: what uh, I hate hanging out around time travel. It always makes me jealous. What? (laughs) Yeah, you know, you're
0: right, Della. I mean, you're both right. Sorry, you're right. Both of you. You're both right. Della, you're right that like um, I had actually been thinking about the kind of rise of tropes as an organizational form of seeking out media, which is, you know, a relatively recent in the last decade or two innovation. But that is basically what it is, right? It's like being a fan of a certain component of a kind of storytelling or of settings or whatever. Yeah. It's like people who read, you know, I mean, this is not that far from shipping, but like the Omegaverse thing where it's like, it's not actually a universe. It's a concept that gets superimposed on whatever other setting you want. And it's it's weird. But you're also right, uh, Tori, that like romance, love, sex is like kind of a big cultural Deal for it's us a big, as a species. Yeah, it's
1: a big human thing. Yeah. Well, but, like, I mean, you know.
2: <laughs> th- think about like the rise of tropes. Like some tropes have risen so much to be in their own category of show. I would mean, just think about e um, isekais. you know? Mm-hmm. That's a trope that just turned into its own, I, I don't want to say genre, but <laughs> um,
1: genre. Well, no, sub-genre, genre. I think gen- it's, subgenre? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it is a genre, honestly. Yeah.
0: Or, or it's like, you know, when I think of a shounen sports series like Mm-mm. manga oh yeah. it's like there's a lot of baggage that goes along with that and i know exactly what kind of story i'm getting into when, when i pick up something like yoshiwara pedal from the library because they have eight big volumes of it and i'm like i can't yeah. not read all this in a row i'm like i don't know much about this but i know that it's clearly a shonen sports manga so i know the kind of thing i'm going to be reading
2: and, and like with isekai it's gotten so big that it's gotten split off into further defined genres you, you have your comfy isekai you have your cooking isekai <laughs> you have your uh um, cheater battle isekai, harem yeah, mm-hmm. um, isekai, et cetera, et cetera. You can combine those as you like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. What's interesting is that um, yeah, I know we're straying a little bit further from shipping, <laughs> but at the root of shipping is romance. And any of these genres can have romance as a component, mm-hmm. but romance is also a genre. Mm-hmm. Like there are stories where that's it's just right. like it is about the characters getting together and that's all that matters. And actually, if you really think about it, I, I would imagine that a lot of shipping based stories sort of follow the formula of a romance novel. Not all, obviously, but a lot. Right. Because the point is the relationship. Yeah. And sometimes I mean, the sex.
0: Well, we've read stories where the point is to get two characters together. And I've read stories where the point is these two characters are together and here's some warm, fluffy things with them. Mm -hmm. I've also read plenty of stories in fan fiction, which is less of a thing outside of fan fiction, where the point is these two characters love each other. Let me hurt them. (laughs) I I
2: think that's a literary thing in general. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose. (laughs) Greek tragedy.
1: I mean, Odyssey. yeah. (laughs) Yes. I mean, look, all of these things can span a lot of things. I think maybe we're identifying some of the differences between what you can do in fan fiction, which is what mm-hmm. you can do in print, versus what you can do in print. Right? right, just
0: because of the very, the saleability of different genres. Right. Exactly. Um, but let's back up a little bit to more specifics of shipping, because Tori, for example, you you kept saying things like, oh, yeah, I like this pair, but I didn't like look for fan art or like, like I might have done when I was younger. Let's back way up. When you were younger, what are some specific character ships that you might have been actively
1: seeking out fan art or whatever for? Well, I mean, look, I was 11 years old when I watched Sailor Moon mm-hmm. and I thought that that scene where, um, you know, Serena and Darius. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was saying that as a joke, but like that is their English name. That's so right. Anyway, Mamoru and Asagi are like finally find out that, you know, mm-hmm. they're real identities. And then they're, you know, it's this amazing scene in the elevator, you know. Um, of
0: Tokyo Tower. Tokyo yeah, it's a tower. good scene. Um,
1: yeah, I think I mentioned before I like every time the episode came on, I would go to the upstairs TV, you know, close that door and watch it by myself because it felt like this like beautiful, like, I don't know, accumulation of these romantic ideas. And of course, like I was 11 and I mean, you know, 11 year old girl, basically, like there was a lot of that romance pressure in the culture of being Mm -hmm. raised as a girl, um, so I don't know if I want to dive too deep psychologically into that, but that being said, like I I shipped them mostly because of that. I don't know the way it was portrayed. I just thought it was gorgeous, and there was something there that like inspired a longing in me. Like when I'm an adult, I'll be able to have these sorts of relationships. And like obviously, grow up, and you're like, yeah, no, romance is not like an uh, epic drama. I mean, I guess sometimes, it is, but so. not not in the way that you want it. To. Anyway, well, look, um, I'll say that um, definitely Sailor Moon was like my first exposure to—I don't know—loving the idea of love.
0: Mm. That's interesting. I feel like in the Sailor Moon fandom, which I'm more familiar with than most fandoms, um, especially back in the day, there was kind of there were some strong feelings. There were like some people who were really into the Usagi Mamoru or you know Serena Darien relationship, yeah. and a lot of people who just. Did not give a shit about it and i feel like it's really it's really personal how much you're drawn to like the destined romance mm. versus like sure anything else right mm-hmm. and that probably oh, yeah. that probably is like kind of a personal psychological probably like gender expectations that sort of thing so honestly you know with all the romantic pressures put on people and especially girls sounds very reassuring to just know that like oh don't worry there's someone you're destined to be <laughs> with and they're great
1: I do want to say, yes, I completely agree with that. Also,
0: we they're could... like five years older, and don't worry about <sighs> yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I've gone obviously gone back and forth on my feelings about that. We could talk about Sailor Moon forever, but yes. I won't. okay, let's. I'll I'll... <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, we could. We I'll really start my
2: could. own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Tori, I interrupted you.
1: Oh, no, no, not at all. Um, this is all building cumul- Cumulativity cumulonim <laughs> <laughs> nebulously <laughs> to um that Sailor Moon is actually also somewhat subversive in the sense that, like Memo doesn't do a lot. Uh, Mass doesn't do a lot. Sailor Moon does most of the things, and like, yeah, okay, it's very traditional in some ways, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. but. I feel like I was lucky to have that as a formative influence over anything else. However, yeah, it does also have like that really traditional heterosexual romance destiny piece like you mentioned, Amato. So I don't know. Like I said, we could dig into this forever, (laughs) but I think shipping at its heart has some of that that destiny component, right? Like people want to see relationships work out they want to it's aspirational Hmm. well I don't know sometimes they torture their ships maybe I'm wrong (laughs) but I guess like it can really be aspirational um because when I was a kid like I mentioned I was like oh someday I'll have that and I'm sure there's a lot of teens writing about romance like I want to have a relationship and I want to get married and I want to do all these things that you know society wants but that we also probably also want as people in many ways because like who doesn't want to have Well, I shouldn't say that, but we all want to be loved, I think.
2: Yeah, I think one of the reasons why I don't don't get into shipping too much is because I'm kind of more um, quality of story focused. Mm -hmm. Like, if there's a relationship I really buy into, then it's been sold to me by the story in the first place. So I I guess I'm more into canon ships (laughs) from good stories, because then it works out well. Not no, no, that works out well, but it's a uh, then it's um believable, I guess.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could talk a lot about like the, the ships that we don't like because like <laughs> there's literally nothing established in the show that makes yeah. it seem like a good idea.
0: Well, yeah, but the people know that for the most part, also when they're shipping right, those characters, but, like, yeah.
1: Th- that's curious though. I very curious about.
2: Yeah, so I I think I'm just a boring shipper.
0: (laughs) Well, no, I'm right there with you. It's like, I don't actually really care. Like, I'm also just kind of coming at it more holistically. And I like characters. Mm -hmm. But like, I was deep into revolutionary girl Utena. But like, I if someone was shipping like Utena and, I don't know, let's say Sayonji, Mm -hmm. I would be like, that doesn't work. I'm not like personally offended. I'm not like angry. I I don't actually care whether she and and Anthe are together in any romantic sense. I'm just like, that's not... Yeah, that doesn't make any
2: character sense for anyone I- I'm a little offended <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd be pretty offended I'm not gonna lie
1: but that's because it's very important to me um, that Utna and Anthe's the symbolism of Utna and Anthe's relationship oh, Okay, yeah. Yeah. especially that it's queer I like because Utna goes through so much to get over the whole shitty stuff with uh, Akio you know what yeah <laughs> calming is... down now <laughs> this is yet, yet another podcast playlist. yeah
2: right. <laughs> But uh, it does really bother me when people, uh, like split up to like canon queer ships into heteronormative ships. Oh, yeah, that is a thing. That that's, does happen. That is a thing. Like they're trying to like conceive it in a way that's like okay with them, but they don't understand how problematic it is to be getting rid of this sort of representation.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I I don't know. What's interesting is that's definitely a really important lens that I think. It always needs to be in consideration. However, if the author feels like their ship works and they just really want to see it, I don't think there's anything wrong with writing about it. I think what should be done though is to put like at least an author's note saying like it was not my intention to you know take away the queerness from this or at least include yeah. some element of queerness like, you know, have um the character who was in a queer relationship be like oh yeah I broke up with this person but now I'm with this person like at least imply they're uh, you know pansexual or whatever Yeah, because like I see what you're saying Della like it can be done that way and you have to be really really careful but I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to see a ship that like you think works
2: yeah no, I'm, I'm not talking about original works I'm talking about fan works that take apart canon queer relationships and make it heterosexual in order for e- to make it easier for them to di- digest.
1: Oh, no, I, and I'm, I'm saying... Yeah,
2: there's an element of intention there. Tori's also talking about fan works.
1: I, I am. I'm okay. just saying that um, it might not be the author. If that's the author's intention, <laughs> then yes. I'm just saying that even if it's not their intention, that's fine. They just have to be really careful about how they frame it so as not to take the queer content of the yeah. original away. Hmm.
0: Let's see. I feel like we really needed more of an expert on shipping here. I Maybe mean, that can be a follow-up sometime.
1: <laughs> I know. I can't believe we're the people sitting in a room talking about shipping. We're
0: like the least qualified. I, I have a quick question for you, Della, as a Steven Universe fan. Mm-hmm. If I, and, and by the way, this is not a hypothetical, this is more or less correct. Mm-hmm. If I don't really care for Ruby or Sapphire, but I am a fan of Garnet, mm. am I a shipper?
2: <laughs> Garnet is a relationship. She's also a character though. Yeah. Her character is that she is a re- relationship. So I think being a fan of Garnet is being a fan of the combination of that relationship even if you don't like Ruby and Sapphire. I'll accept that answer.
1: <laughs> I think that um Garnet's character is kind of a meta at the you know, it is I've always kind of struggled I'm maybe not struggled I really like the symbolism of what they're doing with uh, Ruby and Sapphire and I, I think I agree with you Della but it is kind of odd because it, what does it imply about all of the other fusions <laughs> well, I mean that they're different and that they yeah. can be varied and they can represent varied things all kinds behind. of
0: different relationships between people yeah it's
1: absolutely. one of the coolest things
0: about the series
1: absolutely um, I love the episode where they get married <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say but Hmm. Yeah, no, I guess I'm just gonna agree with Della at that point. Fair enough. Probably. Yeah. It's just it's weird because it's like, why would you not like the two people who are the same person who are but actually a relationship? But oh no, what am I doing with my brain?
2: <laughs> you also have that was it, the giant polyamorous off color gem. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like I'm this many gems, but still looking for more. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like the Seattle Uh, polycule as a as a being
1: (laughs) yeah i guess the only thing i don't like about sometimes is like i appreciate the diversity of relationships in steven universe the only thing is like if it was always an implication that like oh yes you find other people and it like makes you the whole Mm -hmm. because like i definitely feel like there's an importance to having a separate life in a relation, in any relationship. Well, yeah. but, that's, but, that's alone an individual.
2: Yeah, that's probably the metaphor of literally disappearing into relationship.
1: <laughs> right. And that's, I guess that's the only thing I'm thinking about that I struggle with. They not do
2: sometimes this. address that
0: from like odd they angles, do. though. Like there's the episode where Pearl's trying to escape her problems by fusing with Garnet a lot because she feels a whole lot better as part of that fusion than by herself. Yeah. And that is not presented as a healthy thing. I mean, part of the issue is that like she's not being forthright about what she's doing, but. And in fact, that's the major issue as presented in the show. But even so, like, it's clearly not like th- the idea is like uh, you you can't just disappear into this, like, cooler version of yourself by combining right. with Garnet and like and feel OK.
1: Would it yeah. be fair to say, like, Steven Universe does a really great job of explaining different types of relationships and different unhealthy ways and healthy ways to have a relationship, but that the metaphor of fusion might be somewhat imperfect? Yes.
0: Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> cool.
1: Because like, sorry, I know this is getting off topic, but I struggled with that from the beginning because everyone was like, fusions are a metaphor for relationships. And I was like, that doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound like a good relationship. Yeah. But then as I watched the show and they explored different types of relationships, I watched more and more of yeah. it, more and more of it came out. I was like, okay, okay, I get where you're going. But Yeah, still.
2: they expanded on it, even to the point where they talked about like bad fusions but bad relationships yeah like that's um, a uh,
1: lapis and um jasper sure. jasper yeah or
0: the greg flashback episode where it's like i can't fuse this does that mean that our relationship is lesser yeah and she's like no it just means we have to communicate a different way
1: right well it's important <laughs> to remember that yeah the jubs are aliens and that's part of why they get away with us yeah 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 they make it very clear that like yeah humans don't do that they have different types of relationships
2: they so. can get messy we do metaphors for these big concepts
1: for sure. Yeah. Okay, and, right, th- and this and has this been our episode. Shipping because, yeah.
2: yeah, this has been our episode on Steven Universe, <laughs> and Sailor Moon, and Utna. Ha, this three-year-long con has finally reached its uh, fruition. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a Steven Universe podcast.
1: <laughs> it's been four years. uh
0: damn. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. All right. So, anything else we want to talk about shipping-wise? Well, as t- we've scratched the surface here,
2: we haven't talked
0: about um, toxic ships. No, it's not a topic I'm very familiar
2: with. So what's the definition of a toxic ship, Della? Well, like, a ship that's just bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, my brain just wants to say a ship that is bad. But it's like, it's a <laughs> ship where like, it's a Lapis and Jasper relationship. Right. Wait, are they but, doing but it on
1: purpose? You kn- y- yeah,
2: Yeah, you know it is bad. You <laughs> ship these characters together because they're terrible
0: together. And they hurt each other, and it's a train wreck. And you like seeing that, yeah. So it's similar but distinct from shipping two characters who are good together, and then it destroying them emotionally. Right. You're just like destroying them emotionally from square one.
1: So I have a couple of thoughts on this. Um, to me, reading a fic like that would be triggering. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people process their trauma through that aspect of reliving it, for sure. Um almost like a form of exposure therapy so i have to wonder if that's maybe what a lot of these people who would write a fic like that are doing i don't know i mean i'm not going to be diagnosing people <laughs> who i have have whose fics i haven't even read let alone who i haven't even well it's just diagnosing but...
0: all the fandom at once like <laughs> yeah, i don't see how that's course. controversial
1: well What's it's in- just you know it's a possibility i just i'm sure there are other possibilities i think it's i, I just wonder about it
2: i guess it's been interesting for me because i'm I've been in the um, locked tomb fandom, and there's a character in there that is just like terrible by default. They're Mm -hmm. they're literally uh, riska coded (laughs) because this author also did a a Homestuck fanfiction. (laughs) So, like the character is so bad that that like sometimes that one the fanfiction tags is trigger warning this character name.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow.
2: And so, there's a lot of them where they where they ship this character with like, well, with anybody, and that's like a toxic ship. It's like they love it. The people that like this really like
1: it. (laughs) So they like to see their characters suffer because no, I I think they just like how
0: bad of a character she is. Oh, I I relate to that though. Yeah, like sometimes the most enjoyable characters are the ones who are not the sympathetic, relatable ones, but it's just like you want to see them being like raging narcissists who are terrible and like cause horrible things to happen.
2: That's exactly her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it.
0: <laughs> because because there's there's something enjoyable about the chaos and destruction, rather, you know, it, 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 literal or like figurative.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I don't know if it's aspirational or if it's like schadenfreude or, you know. I mean, it, it might be. Mm. Yeah, it's like, you know, in real life, you have to act like a decent person. So sometimes you just want to see mm.
2: people act like terrible people. There's a lot of like um, lately, like people upholding and like being idols of like terrible characters. Being uh, upholding? What do you mean by upholding here? Well, like talking about Rick and Morty, all the Rick fans talking about how oh, yeah. awesome Rick is, and that's how you're supposed to be. We're like the oh wait wait that's not what I was getting at. Well, but that's a huge part of the fandom. It's uh-huh. like th- th- there is these people that like miss the point completely and uphold these terrible characters as like a paradigm. I see.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's not, that's not uncommon. Um, I mean, especially like, remember how when we were teens, like, everyone was like, let's be edgy. And, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I'm sure that still happens. Like, like it was safe like, 90s like edgy I don't know. It's like Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog level edgy? Well, no, yes. not. <laughs> it's like Family Guy. Everyone was like, oh, you yeah, gotta yeah, watch sure. South, Park, South Park. South Park, South yeah. Park yeah. yeah.
0: Like, that stuff is... It never really hooked me it, like it did a lot of people. I
1: mean... Don't get me wrong, like, the, every so often in those shows, there's there's a decent joke. But most, yeah. I, like, it's not like the humor is badly paced or badly done. Like, I can see why people like the structure. But most of the jokes are just evil. Mm-hmm. They're just bad. They're not something that people should like. Yeah. I didn't like it. But everyone was like, you should like this. Though so I watched it. um, Not gonna lie. Like, I fell prey mm-hmm. to that. And... And I don't, I don't know if anyone really likes those things. I'm sure they do. They must.
2: Like, it has to be... We're, we're not saying all people that like toxic ships are like this. We're, we're trying to wrap our minds around it. We're, well, it, we're weird, soft people. But
1: <laughs> right. well, my point is that people want to see transgression. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that's completely fair. It's just sometimes people mistake what actually is transgressive. Because abuse is not transgressive. Abuse mm-hmm. is common. Mm-hmm. It's just not something we talk about. And that's why people think depicting it is transgressive. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah.
0: That's where I seek out my transgression in the form of transgressing intellectual property rights. (laughs) Yeah. Damn. Like, I'm going to write this thing about Mickey Mouse. Damn, what are you going to do about it? Edgy as fuck, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was going to say, I think kindness and compassion are transgressive, but hey, I think you you got it right there, Motto.
0: Also good.
2: Yeah, I think it's odd for us to be talking about this because we're we're more likely to find ships we don't like. Oh yeah, ones we do. (laughs) It's like I remember back. There's that um, Buffy fic I really liked. That was a Buffy Faith. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forget the title too. Yeah, like I I I reread it during vacation because it, I enjoyed it so much, but I don't like that ship.
1: <laughs> right. There's, there's been so many things that Faith has done to Buffy that have just been... We talked about this before. Yeah, yeah
0: we did, for that episode. And
1: they were, yeah, <laughs> they were never like... They, they didn't address it. Like, I think if they could address it, yeah. then maybe it's a viable ship. I yeah. don't know. Well, well,
2: I, I think for me, like a sh- I could read something with a bad ship and like it if the content is good. So I'm mm-hmm. more about the content than the ship, usually. And yeah, it makes me think just like people are, yeah. Yeah. Just like that Buffy Faith fanfic
0: kind of just had to ignore a few things to like do the ship well. Mm -hmm. It's like we forgave it because the things that they did find to connect Buffy and Faith were so compelling and well thought out and well done that we're just like, look, we accept the the premise of waving away this other stuff. Contrast maybe to Draco Dormian's, (laughs) where it's like they're waving away all this stuff and the payoff is not worth it. Shitty.
1: <laughs> oh, agreed. Yeah. Um I do think that yeah, that Buffy and Faith ship is a good illuminating point though because when Buffy and Faith first meet in the show, there is a compelling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like element of implied attraction and Faith being jealous of Buffy, but like maybe she can get through that, and Buffy wanting to help her, and like how there's and things that Faith can show Buffy as well, because mm-hmm. Buffy's kind of a control freak and never never lets her hair down, which is kind of what the fic did. So it's like they focused more on the early elements of the relationship and waved away the really bad stuff Faith did later on. Yeah, right. Um. So there, my point is, is that I think. You have to have a start point, for me at least, for a ship to be effective. You have to have something for the characters to be, you know, potentially attracted or inter- like potentially good for each other in some way. Whereas there are plenty of ships where you're like, I have no idea why you would ever put those people together. <laughs> <laughs> like, Like, literally from the jump. Like, I have no idea why you'd put Buffy and Faith together after everything that happened. But before mm. everything happened, sure. But then there's ones where it's like these two characters saw each other from across the room or they hate each other. They've never liked each other and they've never had a good interaction. Yeah. And those are the ones I wonder about.
2: I think I'd put it after. After the mayor stuff, instead of like her moving over to Angel show, like making up after that, growing from there, that'd be be something.
1: Yeah, that could work, too. yeah. Yeah.
0: Incidentally, in case people are like, what's this good fanfic that we liked that we're talking about? It was next by mm-hmm. Janet Smith, which is why we couldn't remember the title because it was too short. Um, and that was our episode 136.
1: It feels like that one should have been longer ago, man.
2: <laughs> well, I remember recording it before vacation, and then like listening to it on on vacation, and then like rereading the fanfic again because <laughs> mm. <laughs> listening to us talk about it made me want to read it again. <laughs> mm.
0: All right, I'm running a little low here. Yeah. I'm low on energy to pretend like I have anything insightful to say about shipping.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm still going to land on that end point of, you know, I do wonder about the ones where it just doesn't seem like there's any basis for the characters to get together. But the author must have seen something. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm just going to assume that there's something I haven't seen and move on from there.
2: Did did we ever mention we're doing this as our Valentine's Day special?
1: (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day.
2: Yes. Uh well yeah, definitely
0: happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> whatever else you may take away from this. Have a happy Valentine's Day, happy single person's awareness day, happy like go have some fun by yourself because fuck it day. Like whatever works best for you um for that holiday. I myself will probably be doing nothing exciting at all. It's like a weekday this this year, isn't it, or
2: something? Uh this is coming out the thirteenth, which is a well, Monday. Monday.
0: Yeah, that's right. 13th, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. I will be going to work. Mm-hmm then taking care of kids.
2: Uh, happy Valentine's 2023. <laughs> Thanks. <you. laughs> I will be trying to convince my
0: kids to share with me some of the Valentine's Day candy they probably got at school. Godspeed. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: That's the best part of Valentine's, the candy. All the
0: candy. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you don't get that much, though. You, ha- you know, it's really no. one of those, like, go to the store the day after Valentine's Day and buy yourself a bag of some yeah. nice chocolate.
2: And I don't know if I've talked about it, but I don't eat sugar anymore, so... Yes. Now there's nothing. (laughs) Oh, no.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's just, there's nothing in there, the entire holiday there.
1: Yeah. I like the discount teddy bears. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Sometimes they talk. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sorry. Before we end this episode, I was standing in line at Safeway and they had the Valentine's Day display, like, all in the line. Of course they did. And one of the chocolates was like a, it was like a naked man what was he wasn't completely naked he had like little boxer shorts on with heart prints so it was like dark chocolate muscle man with like white chocolate boxers with little hearts on it and i was like this is just i almost bought it it was like like, uh five inches tall Uh, pretty good i love it
2: Uh,
0: all right on that note i guess we're (laughs) wrapping this up right Mm mm-hmm Maybe someday we should seek out like a real shippy guest for like some real like odd shipping or even toxic shipping kind of story if we can find one.
2: Was, yeah, Wasn't that our our uh, Patrick Maverick episode?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that was also the, you know, as canon a ship as a queer ship in the 90s God, right? It was like the main characters. <laughs> right, right. I'm well, kind of thinking about something more off the beaten track.
1: I definitely think we could get Chaos Blue back on it and talk about shipping. We, don't, oh, yeah. we we need somebody to come in and like give us more information. I guess this whole episode was just like a casting call for people <laughs> who actually know about shipping. It, it's
2: casting call like slash like apology for the fact that we haven't done a lot of shipping stuff and explanation why.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a vague bird song into the shipping universe. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, whatever it was, it was a special episode of Retro Fanfic Retrospective. Held special. <laughs> Valentine's Day special. What are we calling it? Shipping round table? Sure. Sure. <laughs> the intro song is the weekly fare off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku, unless you have some better ideas for a special themed one, Della. I don't know.
1: <laughs> will tear us <laughs> up. Again
2: yeah i'll just leave that as the intro and the outro <laughs> right. there you go
1: well, you, the song got me singing it right no <laughs> <Dang> it! <laughs>
0: but if you want to find those songs whether or not Della's using them it's uh the outro song is run against the universe from that same album you can find the album and other works by komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com um our podcast is el- edited by della rose and this is one of those episodes that should make you thankful, Della, that we don't really cut for content and you don't actually have to decide what we say that's worth hearing. I mean, seriously. <laughs> you you just put it all online and, you know, let the winds take it.
2: Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. I would not have the attention span for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can find our website at <laughs> retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. And if you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode or, you know, information about shipping or things you want to talk to us about, you can contact us on Twitter at RetroFanfic, Facebook at RetroFanfic, send us an email at RetroFanficRetrospective at gmail.com, or leave comments or reviews on Apple Podcasts or what have you. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Della. We're just three Earth life forms trying to love each other. <laughs> Until next time, take care.
2: Toot, toot, all aboard the shipping boat. <laughs>
0: toot, toot. I mean, look, it's hard to love
2: you two, but I try. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll love me someday.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's not hard. It's not hard to love us all. <laughs> Just give ourselves some big hugs. It's
0: also too. not unusual so. to be loved by anyone.
2: <laughs> now that's stuck in my head forever. Thank you. Okay, it's it you not know. unusual to be
0: loved. That was fun.